Section One of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. Sermon One Preparing for Christ. Advent. Psalm 132, verse 17. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Who is the anointed one spoken of here, for whom David prepared a lamp? I am sure, children, you will have no difficulty whatever in answering me. Christ. You know that the name Christ means anointed. It is the name given to Jesus because he is set apart to be our prophet or teacher of righteousness, our priest, offering sacrifice for us, and our King, ever reigning over us. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What Christ says is much the same as what David says of himself that he did. Let the light shine to the glory of God. Why did David compose his psalms, and set them to music on his harp? For Christ. The Psalms are full of Christ, because the heart of David was full of Christ. He looked forward. He longed for the day of Christ's appearing. Because he waited, and watched, and hoped, and prayed for Christ, he ordained, that is, made ready, a lamp for his anointed. You remember the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. As Christ, the bridegroom, appears in the darkness of the night, each wise virgin steps forth from her chamber, and holding up her flickering light that she has watched and trimmed, exclaims with joy, I have prepared a lamp for my Christ. And so they fall into the procession, and pass into the banqueting hall after the bridegroom. Last winter I was in an old German town. On Christmas Day in the morning, at four o'clock, there was a celebration of the Holy Eucharist in the cathedral. The building was vast lofty and solemn. It was quite dark when I went to it, and the wind was whistling through the carved stone battlements, and the snow was falling out of the starless sky. Only a very feeble glimmer shone through the stained glass of the minster windows into the market-place, where the snow began to whiten the ground, and a shivering sentinel paced up and down before the guard-house. When I got inside, the great church was quite dark, except for the candles on the altar which were burning, for there was no provision made for lighting it. But by degrees the people came in, and each had brought a little wax taper, a little twisted coil of yellow, or white, or red wax, and the end was lighted and uncoiled as wanted. Little by little, as the people arrived, the light began to spread through the vast building from their tiny sparks of candles. At last the great cathedral was full from end to end, and twinkling everywhere, down the nave, behind the pillars, along the aisles, in the transepts, all around the choir, with more than a thousand lights. That great multitude was assembled to meet their Christ, to hail Him, born of Mary, laid in a manger. They had come to pray to their Christ, to sing praises to their Christ, to kneel to, to adore their Christ, and for their Christ they had prepared their feeble lights. My dear children, I should like you to take to heart the text I have given you, as I have interpreted it. 
I have prepared a lamp for my Christ. During life your object should be to have your lamp burning for your Christ. The church of God on earth, like the cathedral I have been telling you of, is lighted by the little lamps of the disciples of Christ, by the burning sparks of those who love their Lord and await His coming. When you were baptized, it was as though an angel took fire off the heavenly altar and touched your souls therewith, and at once the flame of a spiritual life sprang up. Your bodies are little lanterns, and your souls, kindled by God, are the burning and shining lights within. The soul fed by the oil of grace shines forth beautifully, and gives light to men, and is bright and pleasing in the sight of God. If you do not pray and ask for grace, then the flame of spiritual life within you grows dull and dies out, as you have seen a lamp expire, when not fed with oil. You see the flame of a lamp grow lurid and turn to smoke when ash or dirt clogs the wick. The wick cannot burn, the flame cannot be clear, the light cannot be pure, unless the obstruction be removed. Well, every sin is like a bit of dirt or ash in the flame of your spiritual life, and when this is the case you must never rest till you have cleansed your conscience from the evil which is choking it. How dull and offensive is a lamp that smokes! It goes on blackening the glass till it gives out no more light. So it is with you, if you continue to sin, your light no longer burns clear. Your brow becomes cloudy, your cheerfulness goes, you become sullen, ill-natured, self-willed, peevish, quarrelsome, disagreeable to all who have to do with you. Whenever you find you are making yourself unpleasant to those who surround you, think that you are a smoky lamp, and make haste to clear your conscience, that your light may shine forth once more before men. It is not very difficult for you to find out when you are not shining with a steady and clear light. If you see that your playfellows avoid you, because you mar their merriment, because you will not join in their games, but want to have them do what you wish, whether they like it or not, or because you torment and hurt them, then you may be sure you are a smoky lamp. If you find that you are causing anxiety and distress to your parents, that they do not seem easy in their minds about you, but are disappointed and have often to rebuke you, then I suspect you are a smoky lamp. If you find you have no delight in the things of God, no love for Him, no interest in anything about God, then there is, I fear, little oil in the lamp. If you feel no heart for your prayers, if the hymns awake no joy in your souls, if noble and good examples, if noble and good acts do not stir you, if the beauty of God's creation does not make your heart glow with love and delight, then there is little oil in the lamp. Now what you must all try to do is to keep your lamps burning through life, that is, to keep your spiritual nature awake, alight, and shining. You will find now, and more so as you grow older, when there are many worldly cares and pleasures to divert and occupy your attention, that you forget about the little flame of spiritual life, and so do not train and feed it. Imagine a man in a lighthouse who has to keep the lamp burning to warn ships off the rocks. Well, it is summer weather, and he fishes, and gets so tired catching fish that he forgets the lamp and leaves it untrimmed. Or he finds a collection of amusing story-books in the lighthouse, and he gets so engrossed in them that he neglects to feed the lamp, and so it goes out. You are not required to spend all your time about your lamp. It does not need poking at and trimming every hour, but it demands occasional and regular attendance. 
it is quite enough if you are careful about your prayers and other religious duties and do not allow your worldly cares and pleasures to make you neglect them there is a time for everything and a place for everything it is for your christ that you keep your lamp burning for his honour and glory it is for him that your little spark shines in and illumines his church it is for him that it beams brightly think how blessed it would be at the last day when he comes to judge the world and the trumpet sounds and the angel calls behold the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet with him that you should be able to step forth from your graves and say i have prepared a lamp for my christ what a glad and glorious procession that will be of faithful ones following him with their lights burning through the night up up to the gates of heaven and in there where all individual lights will be swallowed up in the dazzling splendour of that kingdom that needeth not sun nor moon nor candle to illumine it. End of section one.